What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. Week five is almost in the books. We got one more game tonight, so time to go over the top waiver wire ads for week six. We had a few injuries, and we've got a few wide receivers starting to kind of see some expanded roles, but I would say in general, there's around like 10 players are spending fab on this week. Um, I suppose that number could like increase or decrease depending on your league size, how competitive your league is, but I would say there's around 10 players that hopefully are on your free agency that we should be going over this week. So right at the top, we'll go over Ken Walker. He is, I would say very obviously, the number one ad this week, absolutely worth the number one claim on. If you have that and he's available, really no question about that. You just have to grab him. Rashad Penny suffered a fractured fibula this week, and that is likely going to require surgery. We haven't seen um, really like an update on if that's like 100% guaranteed, what exactly the timetable is for his recovery, for his potential return. But let's be honest, it's a fractured fibula. Like he's going to miss time. It's going to take him a while to recover from that. It's not like, oh, he's having surgery. He'll be back next week. Like it's going to be a while for him to return. We know that Ken Walker was the best pure runner in this draft class. He is a phenomenal running back talent. We know the Seattle offense has been significantly better than anyone predicted this season. Like, it's just so obvious that he's the clear number one ad. I would honestly say, if you're in a fab league, he's out there. Like, he's worth spending all of it. Like, let's say you have like 73% of your fab left. It is quite literally worth spending all of that to get Walker. Like, he's going to be a must start in every week that Penny is out. And if Penny's going to miss a lot of time, like, for you to be able to add a must start running back off free agency, that's worth everything in your fab. Um, I would say be careful for the only for those of you who are in like the leagues where it's like you have to spend a dollar. There's some leagues out there where it's like anyone you pick up has to spend a dollar on to pick up leave yourself a few so if you have like like our example the 73 uh, out of the 100 for fab right but you have to spend a dollar for everyone to pick up like you do still want to leave yourself the option to add someone for the rest of the season so maybe spend like 67 68 percent and just give yourself like you know four or five potential ads but everyone else number one claim spend all the fab you just have to try and get him after Walker, I think you've got that um, like duo of Brian Robinson and Eno Benjamin. I feel like both of them are worth pretty similar amounts this week. I guess it sort of depends on what you need. Brian Robinson is more, I would say, the long-term ad, the one that I think throughout the rest of the season has more value, whereas Eno Benjamin is more like that short-term, that maybe next week he can be really, really valuable if you need a running back next week. Maybe you had Connor who went down, like someone who in the short term has more value. Um, but going back to Brian Robinson, returns this week, of course. Uh, he was on a snap count. So, you know, we were never, you were never playing him this week. Like, we were never expecting him to go out there and get 20 touches, right? They were obviously going to limit his touches. But even in doing that, like, it was pretty clear they want him to be the early down back. They want him to be like the short yardage back, the goal line back. That is very obviously a valuable role. Um, didn't really hit again because he was on a snap count. It was a negative game script. But again, don't be discouraged with his production. Like long term, if you've got the clear early down back on an NFL offense, 
that's getting the goal line touches and is on at least a decent offense, like he's going to probably be like a low end to rest of season. You got to add him if he's on free agency. And then again, you know, uh, we've got, I guess, I don't know if I said that before. Connor uh, leaves with the rib injury. We've got Daryl Williams having the knee injury. I've heard nothing about that. Um, But this just opens the potential door for both of them to miss this next week. It doesn't seem like Connor's long-term, but even if it's just one week, even if it's just Connor and Williams are out this next week, you've got Eno as like a feature back. Again, not a guarantee. No one's ever guaranteed to go off, but he'd be a must-start. Like If you have Eno Benjamin as like the only healthy running back that they trust, and he's projected to get around 20 touches with work in the receiving game, sure, he can go out there and get 10 fantasy points, but you're starting him because the upside is incredible. We also know that even before this, he was an exceptional handcuff because James Conner just always gets injured. He can never stay healthy. And so even if, you know, Conner returns, well, what about week six, week seven, week eight? Is he going to suffer a different injury, re-aggravate this injury? Like, we just don't really know. And so especially if the Daryl Williams injury is long-term, you, you want to know. Um, but again, just for that upside, if both of them are out next week, that's why I think he's worth very similar amounts to Brian Robinson uh, on free agency. After those three, I think there's no real running backs that are standing out to me like after that. We'll talk about some that I still want to add, but I'd say like in order of priority, again, you're, you're looking at the top with Ken Walker, then those two running backs. Then below that, it's kind of those like young wide receivers that are really stepping into nice roles. Uh, Pickens, Alec Pierce, Gallup, I guess maybe isn't lumped into that same grouping, but like he's stepping into the nice role now because he's coming back from the injury. Uh, Wandale and then Rondale Moore. Uh, Pickens, of course, no longer has Trubisky. Trubisky was really holding back that offense. Obviously, you could look at last week and be like, well, isn't Pickens bad? Like, they're playing in Buffalo. It was a terrible spot. The point is, when they had Trubisky, it was not an offense that was ever going to go, like, clearly through the air. It was not an offense that had any real upside because we know what the ceiling is of Trubisky, and he's just not that good. At least Pickett, like, has a ceiling like it's his rookie year rookie quarterbacks very rarely support like multiple high-end fantasy players but if they're going to let him air it out if he's going to potentially be better than Trubisky because Trubisky's not that good so he probably can be and they're just going to like give the offense more opportunities and he's a little bit more aggressive Trubisky's not overly aggressive he's going to push the ball deeper downfield like these are all very very positive things for George Pickens and since we also know rookie wide receivers typically break out in the second half of the year, and we're already seeing George Pickens break out now. We talked about over the offseason that like there were like off-field concerns with Pickens, and that may have been why like some of like some people like didn't draft him higher. But there were a ton of scouts that thought like pure talent-wise, there was a realistic chance that he was like, you know, a top three talent among the wide receivers. Some actually thought that he may have been the most talented wide receiver. I would say that was on like the lower end of how many people thought that. But like the point, I guess, is many, many scouts are very excited about Pickens. We talked about his potential this season if the offense can, you know, really start to get going through the air. And while that hasn't totally happened yet, if he's starting to break out now before they're even doing fantastic through the air, it's just very positive for his long-term outlook, his outlook in the second half of the season. So I'd really want to be getting him uh, if you haven't already stashed him. Alec Pierce, I think everyone kind of saw him. I don't want to say breakout on Thursday night because it was such a bad game. I don't think we should, you know, deserve, and only anyone deserves, I guess, uh, to say that they broke out in that game. But he's got 20 targets over the last three weeks. He's averaging 74 receiving yards per game over the last three weeks. Like, he's only playing also, I think this is the most encouraging part, 45%, 44%. 
59% of the offense snaps. So he's got those 20 targets. He's seeing a lot of targets when he's out there. And it's not like he has any real competition for that wide receiver two spot. Like it's obviously um, Pittman is number one. That's very clear. And then it's Pierce. I mean, there's no one else that's really going to push him for snaps and targets. And so if we can see him jump up into like 75, 80% of the snaps, well, the targets are also likely going to increase. He gets work downfield. Like he's just a player that you're going to look back in a few weeks and be like, why was he on free agency? He's the second best player in an offense that, let's face it, is just going to be better when Jonathan Taylor returns and, you know, has been playing basically at their floor. And if he looks okay now, if they ever put it together, if Taylor can, you know, help this offense look solid, he's going to have a really nice role in fantasy. Gallup, obvious. I mean, he's coming off the injury. Everyone knows Gallup is good. Everyone knows the Dallas offense is going to be good. Everyone knows that Dak will be an upgrade over Cooper Rush when he returns. Like, it's just so obvious that if Gallup's on your free agency, well, he's going to be gaining value over the next few weeks. And so definitely go after him. And then behind that, I think we've got that duo of Wondell Robinson and Rondell Moore, both like, I would say are more question marks than everyone I mentioned before, just in that like, well, Wondell's, I mean, he played in week one, but like he, we haven't really seen him play. So like, we don't know how good he is, but when we look at him, it's like, well, you know, Shepard's done for the year. Galladay is cooked and hurt. Tony, I mean, this dude suffered like nine different hamstring injuries this season alone. He was coming off this other hamstring injury, and then he injured the other hamstring. Like, it's just, it's absolutely insane. He cannot stay healthy. And so Wondell's target competition is going to be Slayton, who the team doesn't even want to be like on the roster. They don't even want him. Richie James, who's, you know, let's be honest, it's Richie James. Uh, David Sills, he's bad. Marcus Robinson, he, I don't think he's ever had 300 yards in a season ever, and he's in year like five or six of his career. Like, no one. They have, they have absolutely no wide receiver talent. And so it's like, Wondell doesn't even need to be that good, and he's going to have a pretty good target share. So I really like him. And then Rondell Moore, it's like, I think right now I'd rather roster Rondell Moore. He's played 86% of the snaps in his first week back, 91 last week. He had seven receptions and eight targets, two carries. Like, he's very involved in the offense. It's a good offense. Uh, they haven't been as elite recently, but, like, it's still a good offense. I guess the one concern for him, so, like, the first concern with Wandale is, like, we don't technically know how good he is yet. The concern for Rondell Moore is what happens when Hopkins comes back, right? Like, next week is week six. That's the last week for Hopkins suspension. So after that, we're going to add DeAndre Hopkins to the offense, who's obviously going to take target share. So I guess it's really kind of just who you prefer. I don't have like a strong take in either direction. Um, it's really just, do you think Wandell's a great talent with that high opportunity share in the offense and you really want him? Or do you think that Hopkins returning to the Cardinals elevates the offense overall and that even if uh, Rondell Moore has a lower share of the offense. If they're scoring more, if they're on the field more, they're more productive overall, that'll still benefit everyone. So it's really just what is up to you. And it honestly might just be, you know, who's on free agency. Like if only one of them's on free agency, you can only add that. Uh, so those are like the more interesting ads, the more, you know, important players to be looking at to get on your roster. I'd say after you kind of cycle through that list, or if there's no one on that list, the next thing I'd be looking at is running back handcuffs. We have seen, honestly, like every single week this season, a running back goes down, their backup steps into a really large role, and they're like the top ad on free agency. And so it's very smart to leave one to two spots on your bench for players like that, players that need one injury, and all of a sudden they're the top ad. We're spending 100% of our fab to get them, and they're dominating in fantasy. So 
The order that I would kind of stash players in right now, and that's players we haven't talked about yet. Obviously, everyone else that we talked about is still above. But the other players would be uh, Rashad White, Jalen Warren, Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, Latavius Murray, Joshua Kelly, and Samaja Pirine. Um, And I would say like the top three I feel very good about, Rashad White, Jalen Warren, and Alexander Madison. After that, your Boone, Murray, Kelly, Pirine, like, you can put that in whatever order you want. I don't think any of them are really high priorities. And if you have a take, you're like, I think P. Ryan looks really good. I think that they could give him more work because Mixon looks really bad right now. Maybe Mixon gets hurt and P. Ryan steps into a really large role. Like if that's your thought, I have absolutely no issue. Again, I'm listing him in the video. Um, any order you want on those four is fine. But I would really say look to Rashad White. They're getting him more looks. It's the Bucks. It's a fantastic offense. He's a pass catching specialist. Like, and that's you know, not saying he's only pass catching, like he's just great in the passing game. Uh, so he'd be my top option. Um, Jalen Warren, honestly, like, I mean, I'm excited about this kid. Like, he looks so good every single time they give him the football. Um, he got a few more touches this week. Obviously, like, you know, the, the game was 38 to 3, right? Like, you shouldn't really look at this last week and be like, that's what's going to happen overall. Like, the game was a complete and utter blowout. That's why he got more run. But every time they give him more run, he produces. Nine touches for 63 yards this last week. What did Najee Harris do in his 14 touches? 36 yards. Like, it's every single week when they give Warren touches, he's producing. On the season, Najee Harris, 3.2 yards per carry, 4.9 yards per reception, both horrendous. Numbers, Warren, 4.9 yards per carry, 6.6 yards per reception. Yards per reception there aren't, like, fantastic, but, like, when he touches the ball, you can just see it. You can just see he's explosive. You can see he's a good running back. Honestly, they're giving him more snaps, more touches. Like, if Najee Harris went down, this dude's a feature back, and he's awesome. And then I don't need to sell you Madison. I mean, at this point, everyone who's ever played fantasy knows Madison. You can't trust him while Cook is healthy, but he has to be rostered because if Cook went down, he's a running back one. As for wide receiver stashes... I'm only really looking at two. You don't typically have wide receiver stashes in fantasy, but I would say Jamison Williams and Odell are two that have obviously not played yet this season, um, aren't going to be playing this next week, might not be playing even the next two, three weeks. But when they return, they're going to be really, really good in fantasy. And if you have an open IR spot, why not? I mean, I did that this last week. I actually swapped. So I had Brian Robinson on IR. I added Williams and just kind of swapped them in the IR spots because I couldn't have Robinson there anymore. Um, we have almost no news on Williams right now, but we talked over the summer about how it was incredibly unlikely he returned before the week six bye. It would make no sense. The first week he would even be eligible was week five. And it was like, why would they do that? Why would they bring him back? They have to buy in week six. So we were kind of targeting that week seven. We haven't heard anything. I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden activate him, you know, without telling us anything. So I would imagine it's not week seven, but I think it's sometime in the relatively near future. And Williams was another one like Pickens. People thought um, there were like a few analysts out there that thought he could be the number one wide receiver in this class. There were even more that thought Williams was like if he hadn't suffered the torn ACL, he probably would have been the first wide receiver selected in drafts and like or in like the NFL draft. And it's like, think about that for a second. You know, like if imagine if like Drake London or Garrett Wilson was going to be joining the Lions in like a month, 
you're, you're stashing them on your bench, right? Because they're going to be phenomenal when they return. Now, he's not a lock to be phenomenal, but think about the pick here. Like, he's a really high-end talent, produces in fantasy. He's got a ton of, like, weekly upside just because of how like, explosive a player he is. Easily going to be the number two on the Lions. They have a trash defense, so they're, like, always going to have to remain aggressive. And they're a good offense, a well-coached team. Like, I mean, a lot of upside in the second half of the season. And he is out there in a ton of leagues, so I definitely stash him. And then Odell, um, I think everyone kind of knows Odell. I mean, it's a mid-November return, at least the most likely. He wants to go to Super Bowl contender. Like, you know, Super Bowl contenders have good offenses, so he's going to join a good team. He's going to have upside in returns, but you got to know. You know, you're putting him on the bench for hopefully around a Thanksgiving return. It doesn't leave you that many weeks to have him, but if you've got a deep bench, you know, you want to capture that upside, it's Odell. He's probably going to be good when he returns, and so you're going to want him. For tight ends, only have two names here. Taysom Hill, Greg Dulcich. I talked about him last week. Um, it's like Hill Hill is always kind of the same. I have him in one of my three leagues. Uh, obviously, it was disappointing. I think I played um, Higby over him, so it wasn't like the end of the world. But, you know, it's obviously disappointing. When you've got him on the bench and he drops like 35 fantasy points, just remember, you know, we saw Taysom Hill go off in week one. Everyone flocks to him. They play him over the next few weeks. He does absolutely nothing. I bet you a lot of people dropped him this last week, scores 35. Like, we also can't expect four touchdowns on, like, 10 touches. He's a very, you know, high-variance player. He could go out next week and have quite literally three carries for 10 yards and get you one point. Um, So I would say, like, like I'm just going to keep stashing him in the one league that I have him. I think he's worth stashing because if he ever continues to have this role and continues to get, you know, a reliable workload and can play him at tight end, that's awesome. Just don't overreact like people did in week one. He's not going to do this every week. He's going to have plenty of weeks where he scores zero or one point. But the hope, I guess, is that at one point we can trust him, and that's why you're stashing him. And then Dulcich, you know, rookie tight end, they never do anything. But, you know, we've got, um, he's probably coming back. This is why I mentioned him. He's probably coming back very soon. Um, Alberto is not doing anything. The other tight ends in Denver aren't really stepping up. And so there's at least a chance he's a really high-end prospect that he comes in uh, maybe in a few weeks. Like, he does solid. You know, he's consistently producing your, like, four or five receptions. Uh, but I would say it's, it's deeper leagues. Eight, 10, 12 team leagues. You probably have a better option. You probably don't need it. It's not as much upside. Like, if you're going for upside, you're, you're going Taysom Hill over dual switch every time. Quarterbacks this week. Three names. Um, I think at this point, everyone knows who the good quarterbacks are. Um, it's very unlikely we have a quarterback on free agency now that it's like, wow, no one knew about this guy, right? Like we kind of just know everyone's role. People are going to have random spikes, but we know at this point. Um, I think obviously Geno Smith is the number one ad if he's there. I have been two of my three leagues. Honestly, like I know he's Geno Smith. I'm just going to roll with him at this point. Like he's hot right now. And you think about it, like obviously we got Seattle so wrong this season, like so unbelievably wrong. Uh, their defense uh, is bad. Like, their defense is not good. Team's going to score on them, so they have to be aggressive. We thought they would be a very run-heavy team because especially we thought once Penny and Walker are both healthy, you've got two great running backs. I thought they were going to run the ball a ton. Not really happening. They're still throwing it plenty. They're letting Geno play fast. They're letting Geno throw the ball. And like I said, if if teams are scoring, like, what, would they have to score 39 to this last week? Or actually, they, they lost the game. So they scored 32, let up 39, like... You know, if you've got to be scoring that many points every week just to be competitive, of course you're going to have to throw the ball and you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So again, got them so wrong. 
but it's okay. If Geno Smith is on free agency in your league, I don't think this is a fluke. I've been rostering him. Like I, I just, I think you got to just, just roll with it. Like the difference between it's like the top three, basically this season, you've got um, in some order, it depends a little on your scoring format, but like, you know, Josh Allen's one and then it's like Hertz and Lamar. Like those are just like the three best quarterbacks. Then you kind of have that like mini tier below that of like some really good um, like Herberts and like Mahomes, but it really is like four through 15. All going to have bad weeks, all going to have good weeks, all going to produce roughly similar-ish numbers. It's really just that top three that's up there. And Geno Smith is in that group of like a lot of these quarterbacks that are like fine, not that fantastic, you know, in doing like the top three numbers, but if Geno's going to produce 20, low 20s every week, why wouldn't you just keep playing him, especially while he's hot? Uh, and then Carson Wentz, the other one, uh, past temp totals, 41, 46, 43, 42, 38. Like, it's not dropping anytime soon. He's going to throw the ball a ton. Uh, not, you know, a great matchup. He's playing the Bears. They have a solid defense. Uh, they got ripped apart by Kirk Cousins. But, like, they're not a terrible defense. But I would just say, you know, volume expectations, uh, potential for the Bears to fall apart on offense, not produce anything. You just get more total opportunities on the other side. But it's like, you know, he's likely to be in free agency, going to throw the ball a ton. He's a, a potential ad. And then um, Pickett. The only problem with Pickett is he's most exciting long-term between him and Wentz. It's just that, like, he played at Buffalo this week. He's got versus the Bucks next week, at the Dolphins after that, then at the Eagles, then goes on by. So, like, if you're adding him now, it's like he's not going to really do anything over the next, you know, four weeks and so you can probably just leave him on free agency he's probably not gonna do that good people are gonna start to cool off on him then after that i think he's more exciting so if you've got a deep bench you can you know bench for the next five weeks and not care sure because maybe he'll be good after that but i mean it's it's gonna be tough he's probably not going to be someone we're streaming over the next few weeks and finally defense streaming options for this week i would say the top options are the ravens at the giants the rams at home versus the panthers the Patriots at the Browns, and then the Commanders at the Bears, which is the Thursday night game. So make sure you acquire them before that happens. Um, I don't really think there's any standout defenses. The last few weeks, we've had some that were like pretty clear streaming options. You know, teams playing at home or playing, you know, like Dallas was like a road game, but it was effectively a home game, just given that LA doesn't have any fans. And so we've had options each week. I would say this week, like, I'm really not, like, that excited about any of the streaming options. Um, I guess, like, you could say Ravens, but it's, like, the Giants have been way overperforming. I still think the Ravens should be able to shut them down, but they've been overperforming. Talking about the Giants again. Um, I would say, like, the Rams are the one I'm most excited about. A really strong defense at home against an offense that has yet to put it together. Of course, they just fired their head coach. Maybe we see changes, but... I guess that's the one I'm most excited about. But yeah, I would say I'm not super excited about really any like defense streaming options this week. I would just look at the rankings when they come out on uh, Tuesday. So that's it for the waiver wire video this week. Like I alluded to, Tuesday's when the rankings kind of come out. And that's both rest of season rankings and week six rankings. So you can look, okay, here's who's on free agency. How does Nick value them for the rest of the season and for this week? Kind of help you make a decision there. I'll be back Wednesday to go over my favorite trade targets, Thursday to go over running back starts and sets, Friday to go over wide receiver starts and sets, and then Saturday for my favorite plays of the week. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, have a hang the like button, have a subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.